0: what's going on pickleballers today's guest is dustin davis you may know him as pickleball health he's a pickleball content creator he posts injury prevention videos pickleball tip videos he's a ppr certified pro and a nasm certified corrective exercise specialist dustin you do about just everything when it comes to pickleball man it's great to have you on the episode i appreciate it tyler thanks for having me it's just so much fun so much fun to play
1: and i just love sharing the knowledge and I love learning it so I just kind of collect it and then just spread it out there for everybody
0: so what exactly do you do within pickleball because it seems like so much could you break it down for us so
1: by day I'm actually a financial advisor which is how I found pickleball clients of mine said hey now that we've got our retirement portfolios taken care of do you have any ideas for hobbies and at the time I didn't I'd been a lifelong tennis player but teaching an adult tennis is tough I mean they're welcome to if they want to but when I learned pickleball, I got out there and it was instantly an amazing community. It was tons of fun. I loved it. I had some skills because of tennis, but then I had to learn how to play you know, real pickleball. But after that, I didn't have tons of time in person to share that, but I'd been a personal trainer for over a decade at this point, specializing in injuries. And so I'm hearing about these injuries in the pickleball court going, I can help with this, but I gotta be here running my branch during the day. Can I be in two places at once? And digitally, we kind of can. So I just thought, to hey, if I make some videos, I'll be able to share this knowledge out there for anyone interested in watching them for a minute and a minute and a half, keeping them nice and short. But um, yeah, just kind of my attempt to use both sides of the profession, I guess, to kind of just spread it. And I love pickleball. It brings me energy to do it. So it's it's huge.
0: That's awesome. So what came first, the NASM certified specialist, that side of things, or the pickleball side? And what did you start making content for first content
1: I kind of put them both together so all through college and beyond for a bit really until i did the uh, financial advising aspects so about six years ago i had been a personal trainer for the corrective exercise stuff in person so i didn't make any content online that was what i did most of in person at that time i actually thought i wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon so i was working with hospitals i was shadowing surgeons and so it was very medical in nature until the Kind of the medical finance aspect i guess kind of came into play and was just such a good career opportunity but i wanted to be able to do both so i honestly i'm not even good at doing my own social media i had never i had technically had a facebook and instagram but i'd probably posted five times in 30 years so it's it really came about kind of at the same time but the expertise of the personal training i guess technically came first but the content was bundled with pickleball pickleball was my motivation to share it because i saw so many people be extra motivated to take care of their own health, even make better choices eating wise, getting up and moving a little bit more because they thought, you know what, darn it, I wanna be able to get to that ball on the court. I've wanted to be, you know, feel a little better anyways, but it's motivation to, you know, beat my friends out there on the court. And so I'm gonna go ahead and take action on it now. And so the pickleball inspired me to kind of bundle it together for everybody.
0: Cool. So as far as health and fitness goes, what are some common motifs that you see that are easily fixable or maybe not easily fixable but the the low hanging fruit for people to grab to per per um, to improve their performance on the court and their health. Yes, it, absolutely
1: sitting less. And I know we need to for your, our jobs. I do too. I sit in the office 8 hours a day most of the time and so it's it's hard to combat. And when I'm not in front of clients, I can stand, but otherwise it's kind of awkward if I'm standing and they're sitting. So if we can break it up as much as we can throughout the day, literally just getting up for a little bit of a walk. When you talk about low hanging fruit, three 10 minute walks a day has been shown to be more, more effective about double as effective as one of the leading uh, drugs for diabetics for managing insulin. Three 10 minute walks a day, no equipment, it's entirely free and you just need to do it. Now I would say is it's behaviorally a little harder to do. Like if you were to actually make yourself a challenge, I'm gonna walk three times a day for 10 minutes. It can't be one 30 minute walk, it has to be 310. And you don't have to be booking it, but just a good healthy pace is so helpful, but it's kind of harder to do in the day because there are sometimes you get home from work and you want to just sit. That's part of the problem when we get out there on the pickleball court, we've been sitting so much. Pickleball is very, very demanding on our hips. And what happens is if our hips and our glutes specifically aren't doing the work, I joke that glutes went into early retirement, but they're still supposed to be working because if our glutes aren't doing it, our back has, do it so a lot of back injuries happen in pickleball simply because we sit all the time our hips get tight and our glutes get turned off and then when we're hinging at the hips trying to reach balls out of the air or we're at the kitchen line that work comes from our back instead of our glutes and so it it is low-hanging fruit because they just kind of need to be reawakened they, they don't need to gain a whole ton of strength they're one of our strongest muscles they just have to kind of remember that they need to pull their weight out there and that can just come from just getting up a little bit more throughout the day and even just when we're walking, walking with a little bit more intention, pushing through the balls of our feet, and then even maybe squeezing our glute at the end
0: of it, it can make a giant difference. And this is just walking—three ten-minute walks a day. Wow! So three ten-minute walks a day could help kind of refire some of those muscles, get them moving again, which then translates to better performance on the court and maybe feeling a little better on the court. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it helps us play better
1: immediately because one of the biggest tips is to get low and keep the paddle out in front. And if we're stiff, we just tend to do that less. And the one time you get surprised by the ball and you're standing up a little taller, maybe it was after a long rally Mm -hmm. or maybe it's early in the morning. It's just tough to get that back. It makes the net feel like it's
0: so much higher if you're not getting low and it's harder to get low if you feel stiff. Going back to kind of injuries on the court, you talked about lower back, but what are some common injuries you see? And is there any Injury prevention tips that you recommend?
1: Yep. Yep. So, low back is one. There's always stuff that we can do on the court and then off the court. So, for the low back, it would just be a, a really good warm up to just really make sure your warm up is intentional. A lot of times, our warm up is a little bit more cardio and then sure. our heart's warmed up, but then our back's not warmed up because our back's not our heart. So, just more specific things for just waking up the nervous system and keeping our warm up dynamic so it's moving and just specifically trying to make sure you're getting that movement from the glutes kind of thing. So that for the low back is huge. Glutes equal a healthy low back. As far as tennis elbow or pickleball elbow that we're, we're calling it now. So just that pain on the top of the elbow. A lot of times that happens on the court because we're death gripping the paddle, which makes it a whole lot harder to hit resets. It makes our hands a little bit slower even too because we can't control the ball quite as much. And a lot of that's just on the court, not death gripping the paddle so much and then trying not to be so wristy we all have a tendency to be a little extra wristy sometimes. And that puts a lot of load right here. I mean, a lot of tennis elbow is really just these, this area just gets overloaded with work. It's tight all the time. Cause if you think about how often during the day your hand is closed, it's either closed on your phone, it's closed on your wheel sure. it's closed on your mouse. It's kind of always closed. And so it strains these here when we then go out there and pick a ball and take a ball and rip it at a uh, kind of precarious angle for our wrist. So trying to be less wristy and just dominate much of the movements with our big shul- uh, our big shoulders, with our shoulders for volleys, but just our bigger muscles in general. It makes us play better too, and it can really, really keep away some of the injuries too.
0: So as far as being intentional with warmups, what specifically do you recommend? Are there like stretches, or I know you said like dynamic warmups, but what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so it depends on if you're on
1: the court or not. I actually really like to, because there's a tendency when you get out there to get roped into a game immediately, to do it on the way. So, I mean, even if we're, we're getting ready to go play pickleball, I mean, if you're sitting on your couch, like you normally would, instead, if we turn sideways and put one leg up just at 90 degrees just to get a good little glute stretch, we would normally think of it. But we usually passive stretch after we're done doing activities. We active stretch beforehand. So in this movement... It's a bit of a stretch for the glute, but the way we can increase our mobility is just move around a little bit in that in that way. And right. I have videos of that on Instagram too. It's essentially a kind of a pigeon stretch, It's just kind of a couch pigeon, if you will, for kind of a yoga term. But before we go do a pickleball game, we want to just make sure that we're using the glutes to do it. So we're there, but then we're trying to just explore some movement there and just dominate that movement with the glutes. It's kind of like we all are supposed to have the capability of wiggling our ears. I cannot but we're all supposed to have that connection to be able to do it, but we just can't find it. That happens a lot of times with our muscles. Our glutes are there, they're ready to work, but they just might not be activated because we're not sending the right signal. So a lot of the warm-ups for shoulders out there in the court to help make sure you're dominating with your shoulder could be as simple as raising your paddle out to your side, but doing so with your shoulder the entire time and not your neck. We have a tendency to start to lift from here. And if we shorten this distance, these muscles are doing it, which is not conducive for a volley. And it's not going to pick up the shoulder. So just being really intentional. Whatever your exercise is, whether it's a warm-up for pickleball or off, just whatever exercise is targeting specific muscles, just make sure that muscle is doing all the work. And that's the key to the intention. Doing this for a very long time, there's all kinds of fancy workouts and fancy exercises, but they're all more or less just a tool to see which exercise you can connect with the muscle with the most. But that can start with just the brain connection of just which, what am I aiming for? And let's just make sure that's doing the work.
0: Wow. So whatever muscles are kind of important or commonly used in the game, if we fire those early before the game, then kind of once we get into a pickleball match, those kind of automatically take over. Is that kind of what's going on? Yep,
1: Yep. exactly. That's what your body wants to use. Like if you ever see a, a very young kid do a deadlift where you pick something off the ground, they have perfect form. They do it innately. Perfectly, and as we age and we get stiff, we develop adaptations to be able to do it, even if we don't have the same mobility anymore. So we, we should have it, we just kind of lost it from sitting, but it's not gone gone, it's still in there, you just kind of have to reawaken it. So you you 100% nailed it, just with that intention, fire the right muscles, and then they'll take over and do the work on the pickleball court for
0: you. Wow, right on. So going away from health into more so the tips of actual playing, What are some common tip videos that have been super successful for you and the people that you're coaching in the recent past?
1: Outside of the health ones, strategy shot selection has been huge. Mm. It's hard sometimes to separate the, hey, I made the right shot selection. That was a good choice, but it didn't pan out because sometimes we think, oh, that didn't pan out. That wasn't a good idea. It might have been a good idea. We just haven't done enough reps outside of a game to just actually execute on hitting it there. So if you're going to try to speed it up to someone's shoulder and you're going for the paddle shoulder and you accidentally hit it too far outside and they hit an easy forehand sure. it might not have been a bad speed up it just wasn't the right spot and so just the shot selection and then just a little bit more of being able to kind of assess the risk of a shot ahead of time just meaning What's your success rate of even hitting it there? And what's it worth if you do? Like if you're pressured on a dink and someone's hitting your feet and you try to change the direction of that ball, you're accepting some risk. This might be hard to do. And if you happen to hit it there, they're probably still gonna go get it. So I might argue that wasn't great shot selection because it was more risky than the reward. And I know that's the financial advisor part talking <laughs> as well too, but it works so well on the pickleball court because if we're gonna go for something, it really needs to work. If we're gonna do something with a little bit of extra risk, like try to you know cut it closer to a, a line and maybe flirt with the net a little bit. a shot.
0: And love the financial advisor perspective coming into pickle risk versus reward. And as far as the average rec player, what are some of the best recovery methods they can use? Maybe they don't have the products or um, don't want to invest in the products. What what could they do that that would drastically help their recovery without maybe using products? Yeah, stay moving. Stay moving. The three 10-minute walks a day, at
1: least get those. That should be the baseline because even then, if you have a tendency to get, you know, some knee injuries and some low back injuries, same thing. It's usually a poor activation in the muscles surrounding the knee, so down by the calf and then even in the quads and the hamstrings some. So just staying moving helps a ton. If we're sore from playing pickleball, moving tends to help. I mean, I think we've all experienced it where we play a long bout of pickleball, Maybe we do get a little stiff, maybe something aches a little bit so we completely rest and don't move and then it gets even more stiff. So we can utilize the biggest and best tool we have is our own body, just keep it moving. If that's a a bike ride that you wanna go on, if that's a walk, great, any access to what you have is awesome but just try to get the things that tend to cause you issues moving a little bit more. One of the best supplements and products you have is your own blood in terms of healing and just getting that moving more with
0: exercise is so powerful. So if I've, I'm taking one thing away from this episode, it's definitely just to keep the body moving. And that's already like a tremendous start for either if you want to stay there or it's, it's a good baseline, right?
1: Absolutely. It is so much more powerful than I think if we gave it more credit, we'd experience the power of it. I don't think we give it enough credit because it seems too simple. Sometimes we get too caught up in the the product has to do it for me. This isn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And I, if I had to just get one thing out there for anybody for fitness wise is... Your body is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Just just use it. Let it move. Let it function like it needs to. And then maybe a product can top it off, but you can totally maximize it with your own body weight things, especially when it comes to strength and mobility.
0: Got some quick questions for you to end this episode. First one, one thing people need to incorporate into their pickleball routine.
1: A hundred percent the warm up. And okay. if- so If someone's already doing a warm-up, please do more. Meaning, I, I, we're probably not doing it with the intention. Like I said, even being kind of certified alphabet soup behind the name in terms of the, the fitness stuff is, it's not often covered in the textbooks. And it's so powerful to just get a warm-up that's focused on moving and focused on using the muscles that you're trying to wake up specifically. The body's really good at adapting. Sometimes it means adapting to not using the muscles that you're looking for, because gotten stiff and we've forgotten about them so an absolute a better warm-up that's focused on staying moving so save the passive stretches where you hold it for 30 seconds plus for after you play those are recovery stretches those create Uh length beforehand we don't want length we need usable range of motion we don't need to force length so good warm-up it'll help us get lower out there so if anyone ever has the tendency to Feel like the first couple games or the first couple points just really aren't their best a lot yeah. of times you just if we recorded you on camera we'd find out that you don't even look the same you're stiff you're tall and All that's it right. yeah. and a warm-up can fix that right away
0: wow okay i'm definitely gonna take take that word of advice and start to incorporate that because yeah the first few points the first couple games i just don't feel right and that's always risky in a tournament like you don't want your first yeah. one first few points first few games to be you're worse, like you already want to be turned on. So, okay, warm up noted. What's your favorite pre-pickleball meal? (laughs) That's a tough
1: one. It's anytime I ever eat anything, I think about it. here's the financial advisor again, like a budget, right? And if you have a total amount of calories that you need to eat in the day for your own body composition goals, and you want to be energized for pickleball, just focus on the best possible nutrients per per calories. So if you can only eat 2000 calories in a day, Just make sure you're spending those calories like it was your budget. If you're going to buy something with money, you want it to be worthwhile. And your body needs nutrients. That's the investment part. So just spend your calories on the most nutrients possible. And before you play, just make sure that those are gut friendly. Meaning Mm -hmm. if you feel at all gassy or you feel bloated, that has no business being before a sport. Professional athletes really have to make sure that their stomach is free and clear. So there's tons of foods that are superfoods. That have a t- tendency to make us gassy if we have too much of it. Stay away from those beforehand. And those can your cruciferous vegetables are amazing. But if we have too much of those, if your body's focused on digesting those and maybe some of the gas and bloat that can happen before playing, then your body's focused more on that than it is on at the time being able to use you know your bigger bigger muscles on the court. So just focusing on higher nutrients. I think for me, I really like to do uh, tuna and potatoes. You can put it in the thermos, bring it with us, because I don't want to be at the mercy of the food that's around, even though a lot of great food has been at tournaments. We just don't know how to digest. And even some of the same foods that you make at home, when you then eat them out for some reason, how they prepare it, some of the oils they use, you can get some of that indigestion sometimes. So just a good old tuna and potatoes, it's cheap and easy, it fits in the thermos well. I really love to have that on hand. I am never without it when I'm playing. It's either tuna and potatoes, or maybe beef and potatoes. Again, I'm just picking those based on per the calories. I know they get a little bit higher in there, so it might scare people, but there are so many nutrients in all of those ingredients that you're, you're following the nutrients first approach.
0: So these vegetables that you're talking about or foods that you're talking about that might make you feel bloated or gassy on the court, maybe it's different for everyone, but is there any coming to mind that maybe we could know so that we kind of avoid, if possible.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different for everybody. But the the ones that tend to do it is if everybody just Google's FODMAP, F O D M A P, that gives you a list of ones that tend to do it, and then just experiment yeah. with you. So then you might notice some on there going, "Yes, that is, yep, that does it to me." And then you know, hey, it's not that you can't eat those because maybe you do want those nutrients and you like those foods, but just not not before we play. We just want to be free and clear. Just like the old wives tale, right? About not eating and then swimming afterwards. Sure, sure. That's basically based on if your body's so focused on digesting, it can't perform the muscular function that you might need to be able to swim. That's an extreme example, but it definitely happens when you're on the pickleball court too. If you wanna be free and clear and move well, your stomach needs to be too.
0: Okay, makes sense. Where can people find you? Any last words or information you wanna get out there?
1: Yeah, uh, Pickleball underscore health on Instagram and YouTube as well uh, is the best place for all of that content. And then a little bit TBD as far as how we're going to package the specific courses for how to bundle all of those tips on there. But definitely the ble- best, best best definitely the best place to start is on Instagram and YouTube. It's also entirely free to check out. And if they like the stuff as we package it together, obviously we can be in touch from, from then on out. Best email to reach out for any of those inquiries would just be health at gmail.com for those. Um, but yeah, start there, it's entirely free and we can just kind of explore from there what's what's best for everyone and how custom we wanna be able to make these um, health and fitness workouts specifically for pickleball too. We've been doing a lot of online coaching now too where we're doing strategy and shot selections just on Zoom calls, just like this. And it's been hugely effective. I actually, I First, I didn't know if it would be quite worth it at first but it's actually almost been even more effective for certain things than teaching in person because we can watch it, and specifically people can watch their own play, because there's a lot of tips I'll tell someone in person, like, hey, keep your paddle out in front and get low, and they're going, I'm, I'm doing those things, I'm doing them. And then when you watch it on the, the video playback, you're going, yeah, I could have done it a little bit more, and it makes such a big difference. So any of those avenues, reach out and we'll be we'll be happy to stay in touch.
0: Cool, Dustin Davis, everyone, keep moving. Number one lesson.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Tyler.
0: Thank you.